Welcome to the teaching portion of Anthem Online. My name is Bert Alcorn. I'm the lead pastor of Anthem Ventura, and I'm doing one of the my absolute favorite things, which is to kick off a new teaching series. I love starting a new teaching series with you guys because it's opportunity for background, for context. It's opportunity to to cast vision and to share big picture why we're studying what why we're studying um, this particular book and how it matters for this season in life. Now, at the beginning of the year, and remember, this was before coronavirus. It was before um, the the um, uh, the racial injustice conversations that we are having right now. It's before all of that. We set out at the beginning of the year to become resilient disciples who are faithful in the face of cultural coercion and who live a vibrant life in the spirit. And to do that, we had to understand that this home, earth, is not our permanent home, that we as followers of Jesus, those who are practicing the way of Jesus, are living in an exile of sorts. And we are tackling three books this year that help shape our understanding of how to live in exile. Daniel, the Old Testament narrative and prophet, helped us understand how to be faithful and live well in exile. In a culturally coercive empire, how do we still seek the presence of God? How are we still faithful and how do we watch him be faithful in our lives? Today, we're digging into the book of Proverbs, which is gonna teach us how to live wisely in exile. And then in the fall, we're gonna be working through the book of First Peter, the letter of First Peter written to Christians who are in... Exile, who are all dispersed all around, teaching us how to live holy in exile and how to see this time and this place through the lens of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm excited to be digging into Proverbs for a couple of different reasons. One is that because of the nature of of how we teach through a book like Proverbs, we don't necessarily go chapter and verse like we might a narrative in the Old Testament or a letter in the New Testament or something like that. Because the way Proverbs is written, you'll find out here, it might be difficult to do that because themes are woven throughout and there's small pithy phrases all throughout. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start by zooming out and taking a look at a few big picture ideas that we see in Proverbs. And then we're going to zoom in and we're going to have a few case studies, case studies around topics like family and relationships, around money and resources and words and speech. And then we're going to zoom back out again to see how the entire book of Proverbs should shape how we live here and now. And because of the nature of of how we're reading and how we're teaching through the book of Proverbs, we still want to be saturated in the book. And so today we are kicking off a Bible reading plan for everyone in our church to be working through the book of Proverbs together over these next few weeks. And so you can find the link to that Bible reading plan in our app and on the weekly. And those links will be available for the duration of our study through the book of Proverbs. Now, the second reason I'm really excited to be starting the book of Proverbs is because... In our last series, Daniel, you got to see a lot of me teaching, which was uh, necessary for some practical reasons, but also to help uh, lead, guide, and shepherd our church through these crazy times. And now I'm excited to be sharing the teaching load with some incredible people. Some of my favorite teachers will be here investing in us as a church. And so throughout the summer, you're going to be hearing from not only me, but from a number of different people who you know, who have invested already into the life of the church, and they will be doing that again through our series in the book of Proverbs. I'm so, so excited for that. 
But when we started this year, before coronavirus, before everything that's going on, we really did set our North Star, set our aim to become resilient disciples who are faithful in the face of cultural coercion and who live a vibrant life in the spirit. And that really took on a whole new meeting when the coronavirus hit. And I believe this series through Proverbs will take on an added layer of meaning as well in the midst of all the conversations that we are having in this particular moment, amidst the protests, the rioting, amidst the changing laws and public opinion and conversations we're having around race and justice and everything. And and then not only that, but the upcoming election that we have in the fall, we are in need of a good dose of wisdom, how to engage in these conversations and how to live well, wisely, and wholly in our exile. Eugene Peterson, in some of his commentary on the Proverbs, he says this, Eugene Peterson, a pastor and an author and guy who wrote and translated the message translation, and he said this, threaded throughout all the Proverbs is the insistence that the way we think of and respond to God is the most practical thing we do. In matters of everyday practicality, nothing, absolutely nothing, takes precedence over God. Proverb concentrates on on these concerns more than any other in the Bible. And attention to the here and now is everywhere present in the stories and, and legislation and the prayers and the sermons that are spread all over the thousands of pages of the Bible. Proverbs distills it all into riveting images and aphorisms that keep us connected in holy obedience to the ordinary. So good. And I'll repeat his first line again. Throughout Proverbs is the insistence that the way we think of and respond to God is the most practical thing we do. Proverbs is all about wisdom. It's a collection of sometimes disconnected thoughts or ideas on the expression of wisdom in the world. And the basic breakdown, kind of Proverbs, you can break down into two parts, really. The book of uh, Proverbs chapters 1 through 9 are essentially like a hermeneutic for wisdom or how we understand wisdom itself. What role does it play in our lives? How do we structure our lives around wisdom and pursue it? And then chapters 10 through 31 are more specific thoughts on wisdom and how it manifests in the world. And so in those first few chapters, you'll see stands, long stanzas of trying to help us understand the value and the blessing of wisdom and what we should be pursuing in life. And then after chapter 10, you find more of those really punchy phrases that help shape a reality of a life lived by wisdom. And the book of Proverbs will often contrast wisdom with various other concepts, right? You'll hear about foolishness, mockery, adultery and infidelity, laziness, quarrelsomeness, scorn, scoffing. Wisdom at times can be challenging to pin down, right? But it is helpful that the Proverbs are given with real life examples of what wisdom is and sometimes more importantly, what wisdom is not, And our world is in deep need of an emerging people who are shaped by the wisdom of God. As more people live without that wisdom, we're watching our world struggle with increasing intensity. Is there hope? 
Yes, there is hope in Jesus, but Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the question is, can we live in a way that brings the way of Jesus, the kingdom of God, the wisdom of God to earth as it is in heaven? And the book of Proverbs tells us the answer is yes, we can. Look at Proverbs chapter 1. Starting in verse 2, 2 through 7 here. And the book of Proverbs, right at the outset, really seeks to answer this question what even is wisdom? Look at verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction and wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and let the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And look at verse 7. This is a crucial, crucial verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, the picture of wisdom from the scriptures is the knowledge, discernment, and implementation of the righteousness of God in everyday life. Wisdom is not just knowledge. It does contain knowledge, but that's not it. Wisdom isn't about being a sage who can dispense clever sayings at the whim, but it does often manifest in knowing the right thing to do or say at any given time. Wisdom is is knowledge gained through experience and learning discerned and contextualized and implemented in appropriate settings in everyday life. The Proverbs not only help us understand what is wisdom, but they help us understand how we can pursue wisdom in our everyday life. Much of what we see in Proverbs is that wisdom wisdom is a posture. It's almost like a a setting you fine-tune in your brain to live and to operate and to think. Skip down to verse 20 in Proverbs chapter 1. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. Wisdom is going to be personified as a person all throughout that we can have a relationship with. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks, quote, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. What that means is is wisdom is an ever-present reality calling out to us. There is never wisdom that is not available to the follower of Jesus. She's crying to us, giving us the opportunity to seek her and find her. And markets, noisy streets, city gates, Proverbs is telling us that wisdom is multifaceted and speaks into all the spaces and places of life. Now, we pursue wisdom by recognizing that and recognizing these truths here. That wisdom is available to the believer in Jesus at any time in any place. Wisdom is found in the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Wisdom is is never a finished product. It is a lifelong journey. And wisdom 
is impossible apart from God. God dispenses wisdom and any wisdom is impossible apart from God. Now going back to verse 7 momentarily, verse 7 in chapter 1 is a bit of a thesis statement for the entire book. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And this verse gives us the foundation from which all other wisdom will be built on. It starts with our fear of the Lord. One commentator says this, David Atkinson, on his commentary on the book of Proverbs, he says this, This is not an exhortation or command, an example or a riddle, but simply a statement of fact. Fear, of course, here means reverent obedience. It is in reverent obedience to the Lord that all true knowledge finds its controlling principle. In fact, what you're going to see throughout the entire book of Proverbs is most of them are less about teaching you and they're more just about statements of reality. Uh, Just about statements of how things really are in the universe that God has crafted. Yeah, there are teachings throughout, of course, but what we see is a kind of, this is what it means to live wisely. And all throughout, we're going to see the contrast between those who pursue that wisdom and those who don't. And the starting point to any pursuit of knowledge, wisdom, instruction is going to be the predisposition towards obedience to God, which is maybe the first moment we need to stop and pause and check our own posture. Is your predisposition, obedience to God? Is it? And maybe take a moment, walk through the the different markers of what that looks like. God calls us to be generous. Are we being obedient to him in our finances? God calls us to love our enemies. Are we being obedient to him and those who annoy us, bug us, or who are the other in whatever conversation we're happening? Whatever the conversation is, whatever the issue is, the moment is, is, even if it, no one's perfect, even if it's a bit of a wrestle sometimes, is your and my predisposition towards obedience to a holy and righteous God. And that's our first stopping point in the book of Proverbs. Because if your predisposition towards God is not that of obedience, you're going to get nothing out of the next seven or eight weeks. That's a promise. But if it is, you will gain wisdom. You will increase in your understanding of what it means to live the way of Jesus in our time, in our place. This is a hugely important element that should not be overlooked by anybody. Many times we look to Proverbs and we just kind of flip open and we find a catchy phrase to memorize and and that's good and that's fine. And then we think, okay, if we just do this, then I'll get this. And the book of Proverbs is not a formula. I guess if there is a formula, the only formula is, are you obedient to God? If so, you can bank on gaining, understanding, and growing in wisdom and how to live in everyday life. And if you're not, then you won't. If we want the wisdom of God, we have to be prepared to obey Him. That's the only path to true wisdom. That's why we would say that wisdom is impossible apart from God. God is the totality of wisdom and any hope for acquiring wisdom apart from obedience is worthless. It's futile. It's an empty effort. It's a wild goose chase. 
And there's a reason that our world struggles to find wisdom and a reason that the book of Proverbs is filled with varying types of people who lack wisdom. Now, as you survey through the book of Proverbs, it seems obvious to you which is the better and right way to live. But how often do we find ourselves in the category of sinners or scoffers or simple or foolish? And I think the reason is because there's a a real enemy that is enticing us away from the way of Jesus. And, And you'll see this kind of common refrain throughout the book of Proverbs, if sinners entice you. Now, if you've been walking with Jesus for any length of time, you know that our inherent nature is not to obey Jesus to walk faithfully, to worship holy, and to share bodily. But our our natural disposition is to like serve ourselves and to to be selfish and to and to gain things for ourselves. Those things take discipline and training and sacrifice and they take a a kind of unguardedness. Look at Proverbs 1 verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. There's a real possibility that sinners, the enemy, your own flesh, the the general direction of the world away from God will entice you to live a foolish life, to choose disobedience, to choose sin, to choose rebellion, to choose folly. And part of our role as followers of Jesus is to know that we will be enticed away from the way of wisdom and to not consent. Instant gratification looks good. And often the way of wisdom is not the way of instant gratification. The word of Proverbs reminds us to not consent when sinners entice us to live the way of foolishness. It will be tempting, but you do not have to go that way. It's not a foregone conclusion. There is a better way that you can choose And the book of Proverbs will take time to tell us there is a better way and to paint pictures of it and to give us contrasting moments. And my encouragement to you as we enter into this book together is to pursue the way of Jesus throughout, to acknowledge that there is a better way and to listen to God as he shapes his his new and better person in you. My encouragement is to listen, to be ready to receive, be ready to be corrected, to be ready to see how maybe if you've chosen foolish paths before, the invitation now is to wisdom, to live wisely this life that God has called us to live. Now here's the beauty. Jesus has given us unprecedented access to wisdom. Flip in your Bible over to the New Testament in the book of James chapter 1. In his introduction here in these first couple of verses, in verse 5, he says this. He says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. We have, through Jesus, unprecedented access, not only to wisdom, but a relationship with the wise creator of the entire universe. We have wisdom through the finished work of Jesus Christ. We've been given the opportunity to receive freely. 
The invitation here, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask. The invitation of Proverbs is Proverbs is waiting to be called upon. We just have to pursue her. So, if you come out of this series, none the wiser, the Bible tells you it's your fault. (laughs) Did you love that? All we have to do is ask for wisdom, to seek it, to pursue it. And if we don't get wisdom, it's because we're not asking, we're not seeking, we're we're not pursuing. The invitation is, is that wisdom is ready and available. And through the work of Jesus, God gives freely, without lack, to any who ask. The picture is that it's God's joy to give to his kids. That it's his joy to give wisdom to those who follow him. He loves to make this world a better place by bringing elements of his kingdom to earth through his family. Proverbs is all about restoring that harmony through Jesus, through wise living. Proverbs is all about becoming wise in everyday life through a relationship with Jesus, through the gospel. It's it's about the life of the kingdom of God that was always meant for humankind to live out. When our vertical relationship with God is, is right through Jesus, we can be right with others and the world around us. What we're going to find out though, wisdom is not a given. Just because you follow Jesus, wisdom is not an assumed given. We need to maintain a posture of of obedience. uh, Maintain a posture of asking for wisdom, for pursuing it, for searching it, receiving it, and putting it into practice. He loves to bring the hope of the world through you. He's done it through Jesus and And as Jesus' followers, he's exposing his own hope and grace and mercy to this world. And one of the ways we can demonstrate that is through living wisely, living a different way. There's a better way. And God wants to show you the world, show the world his better way through you. This is one of the things I love about the book of Proverbs is yes, Proverbs is to enhance your own learning, growing, and wisdom, but it doesn't stop with you. It goes through you. It's one of the things we say about the gospel all the time. The gospel never just comes to you, it goes through you. I think wisdom is similar. Wisdom doesn't just come to you, it goes through you. Think of the wisest people in your life that you know. They're not wise because they keep it to themselves, but they're wise because they share it. They live it, we can see in their lives wise living. And we want to emulate that. So we ask them. You think of someone who has had a lot of financial success. What you want to do is you want to ask them, how did you do that? What are the decisions you made? How can I make those decisions now? You see people with with healthy families, with kids who are following Jesus and then raising their kids who are following Jesus. You want to ask them, how did you do that? In the same way, God wants to give you wisdom so the world can know him. And the invitation is open for every follower of Jesus. Will you seek wisdom? Will you pursue wisdom? Will you ask for it? And do you trust that God's wisdom is actually better than yours? Better than the worlds around us. We are in deep need of real godly wisdom. Will our predisposition towards him be obedience and a readiness to receive all that he has for us? 
And so I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to pray a prayer of like invitation and receiving as we kick off this new teaching series that's going to take us through the summer that we would be in a receiving posture. So pray along with me. Jesus, thank you so much that because of you and your work, you have given us unprecedented access to God himself and his wisdom. And through this series, I pray that we would not treat God as like a wisdom slot machine that we just pull whenever we need it, uh, but we would actually be seeking and searching you. And as we grow in our relationship with you, you'd be giving us wisdom, knowledge, experience for the life you're calling us to live right now. And so I pray a prayer of receiving that, that we as a church would have open hands, open arms, and maybe even just... Wherever you're at, however you're watching this, take a moment and actually actually open your, your arms, your palms like this. Go ahead and do it right now. Jesus, we receive all that you have for us. We confess that we think we know the better way, that, that we like to be our own source of wisdom. Uh, and we confess that as foolishness. And today... Right now, we want to receive your wisdom for life here and now. Help us to be in tune with your spirit. Help us to be paying attention to our own living, our own actions. We want to live wisely in our exile so that more people would come to know you. Help us live a life that demonstrates your kingdom in heaven here on earth. In the name of Jesus, amen.